live from the Caltech studios, it's Arms Room Radio with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. And you can connect with these guys right now. Call the Arms Room Radio hotline, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to coast from the Caltech studios. Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, where Thank we you. promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. How's everybody out in listener land doing today? Everybody doing okay? Everybody doing okay? Good, good, good. How about you guys? How's everybody doing in here? Present and accounted for. Present and accounted for. We uh, we got you know we got to tell you who's here. We uh, you know because you can't tell the players without a scorecard, and uh, it's been it's been in flux the past couple weeks because of. Uh, away missions, uh, vacations, work schedules, but we got we got the full crew back today. Watch this. But with our capacity, we handled it. We did. Get that flux capacity. <laughs> yeah. The show's going to go 88 miles per hour. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's going to go 88 miles or 55 kilometers per Stop. hour. What? Okay. Way to ruin the joke. <laughs> On my right, the right-hand man, the great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl. Talk to corporate. Approve memos. Lead a workshop. Remember birthdays. Sorry I was running late. Security wouldn't let me in the building. Yeah, I didn't know who you were. Yeah, it's been a been, while. Been so long. It's been, uh, been, been, been two, three weeks since you've been up here. So, uh, <laughs> At least. They had, they had no idea who you were. It's like that certain candy Christmas commercial. He does exist. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's good to be back, though. Good to be back. Uh, Way to good. avoid the product placement. That's right. <laughs> hey, they ain't writing a check. They don't get their name on the air. That's just, just the way it goes, you know? Uh, on my left is the courtroom assassin, the legal ninja. Please welcome him back, Mr. Kevin Maxwell. Thank you, Michael. I had uh, someone ask me this week for the courtroom assassin. Normally, it's the legal ninja. I guess I've said courtroom assassin enough. They asked where the assassin was. I actually had a judge call me that the other day. She went, so, I went, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Is that why the other side didn't come? Mm-hmm. That's my story. <laughs> right? and, and I'm sticking to it. Sticking to it. Sticking to it. And then, of course, back with us, the samurai sidekick, the Padawan learner. Please welcome him back, Mr. Alec Weber. Thanks, I think. Remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. Let's see. Uh, we, we we do have some uh, some jokes. We need somebody to be the butt of later. Ah. And, uh, and he's got plenty of butt. He uh, he keeps most of it. He keeps most of it in the car though. <laughs> you know, bring it up and down the stairs in here. You know, too much work. Too much work. Um, so uh, do, you, do you guys know what today is? Do you know what today is? Saturday. You know what today is? It's Saturday. Saturday. It's Saturday. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Arms Room Radio Day. Arms Room Radio Day. It is Arms Room Radio Day. It, uh, today is 41 years ago today since uh, since the, the fall of Saigon, since North Vietnam fell, uh, and uh, and it went to, it, you know went the way of the north, went went to the south. Uh, Vietnam uh, today marks the 41st anniversary of the capture of Saigon by North Vietnamese forces on April 30th, 1975. Okay. Vietnam War <clears throat> killed up to four million Vietnamese. You're looking. You feel like you're looking old, Kevin. I, I, <laughs> you like now you guys give me a hard time, and I'm just sitting here thinking, 
I still have clothes that I was wearing when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that I still wear. It's time to wash them, by the way. I'm just saying. He, he just made himself the butt of that joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, what Alec and I studied in history class, Kevin remembers. His Kevin remembers. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin wrote. Kevin wrote. <laughs> he was a victor. Uh, Vietnam War killed up to 4 million Vietnamese. That's according to the Vietnamese government and more than 58,000 U.S. troops, according to uh, U.S. Department of Defense. Uh, at the top of... Uh, See, a member of the CIA, if you guys have seen the picture before, it's it's the iconic picture of Vietnam, the ending of Vietnam. It's the CIA Huey helicopter on top of the embassy pulling everybody away. Well, that was that was on uh, the rooftop on April 29th, 1975, and then the fall occurred the next day on April 30th. So, uh, you know, there, there'd been a little bit of news. I don't know if you guys had seen this, a little bit of news out of... Uh, about the Vietnam War over the past couple of days, and I don't know if it had anything to do with the anniversary. Anniversary, because you know this kind of thing, these kind of facts, you'd want on uh, you know a big a round number, not not on the 41st. That's a less the number 41 is significant in the Vietnamese culture. I don't know. Uh, China admitted to sending 320,000 soldiers to fight in Vietnam during the Vietnam War. Really, we didn't know that. Well, you know, there was always reports. There was always the <laughs> intel reports of Chinese captures of equipment, Chinese equipment being used, even hearing Chinese voices on the uh, on the radios. But uh, China always uh, denied it up until recently. And it was, they said, 320,000 soldiers they sent into the fight. And with over 4,000 Chinese soldiers killed, and that totaled over $20 billion in support that the Chinese sent. Uh, North Korea... Uh, admitted to sending fighter pilots. So North Korea was uh, was fighting. And again, they fought in the same MiG-15, MiG-17, MiG-21 type fighters that were in Vietnam. So uh, you know, they, you know, I don't know whether they put different decals or use somebody else's different bird. I don't know. But they they sent uh, fighter pilots to fight against the Americans. And uh, they were told by then North Korean leader Kim Il-sung, they were told to fight as if the, the Vietnam... The Vietnam sky was their own. So, another one there. Uh, and because I mentioned Korea, I want to also mention that South Korea, that's not a secret, South Korea was fought with us, the Republic of Korea, in the Republic of Vietnam. They sent, ironically, 320,000 soldiers, the same amount <laughs> as China, uh, to fight along U.S. soldiers. That was, besides the U.S., that was the other, the, the second largest foreign force in Vietnam. Uh, that wasn't Vietnamese. Uh, Maybe it has something to, to do with the way they break up their battalions. Yeah, yeah, could be, could be going on on the old uh, the Warsaw Pact. But I think by then the Koreans should have been pretty much uh, allied with us. But you sure oh, well. they didn't have one of those big spinny wheels where they had a bunch yeah, of numbers on picked, that yeah, said yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. three hundred twenty thousand. Yeah. All right, uh, and they lost over five thousand soldiers in Vietnam. Uh, here's one that this is coming out of Vietnam. This is not reported by the Russians or the Soviets at the time. Over 3,000 Soviets, Russians now, were in Vietnam, 16 of which were killed. Now, again, this is Vietnam that's saying this now. Uh, I, the one story that I found was that a, a pilot had parachuted over North Vietnam. This, this happened quite frequently, you know, all too frequently with American military servicemen. Sam missiles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> it was a, a, a parachutist. He came down, a pilot came down. Uh, he landed on the ground. The peasants came up to him. They captured him. They beat him to death. Uh, and then they dragged the body over to the NVA because they used to get rewards for it. 
and the NVA realized, oh, crap, that's a Russian pilot. That's, that's, <laughs> that's one of our guys. Yeah, that's one of ours. Um, and, they, and then they, they, as the story says, they were scolded for killing the pilot. They're supposed to bring them to bring them alive so they can interrogate the Americans and use them for the uh, war propaganda. But uh, just I found some, there was some interesting facts coming out of Vietnam uh, about Vietnam on the 41st anniversary of the fall of Saigon. Uh, hey, good show planned for you today. We got a bunch of information. We're we're gonna we're gonna be uh, making up uh, some not making up. We're gonna well, be uh, uh, coming up with some updates to some stories we we have for you and uh, and and Lieutenant Bill later in the program. Lieutenant Bill. Lieutenant Bill. So you're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Keltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. This is no ordinary shotgun. Not with innovative dual-tube magazines that hold a dozen 12-gauge rounds, plus one in the chamber. And in the one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, the ordinary tactical shotgun became obsolete. Innovation. Performance. kel See more at Keltechweapons.com. Hey, Mike, you ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter at work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical Tactical Rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off off.
You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the kel Studios. Call the Arms Room hotline right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the kel Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Thank you. We have a full complement of crew and associates here in the studio today, so we're very thankful. Very thankful for all, that. We have all everybody the chairs back. are filled. All the chairs are full. <laughs> I had to dust mine off. Yes, yes. I actually, you used Fred. <laughs> uh, hey, some things coming up in the uh, future. We have the NRA show coming up in three weeks. We'll be at the NRA show up in Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky, if anybody's in the area. Listen, if you're not in the area and you're within, uh, you know, seven, eight hours worth of driving or you, you've got some uh, some unused plane tickets, vouchers laying around somewhere, you, you need to go. Unlike the SHOT Show where it's industry only and you've got to have a particular, uh, you know, be associated with a business or something to get in, Louisville and the NRA show, and this year it's in Louisville, it's... Uh, it's phenomenal. It's it's not quite as big as shot. No, but it's 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 only you know two and a half three days. You can actually walk the entire thing. If, yeah, but you don't stop. Yeah, don't stop. You have to you have to go the whole time, and 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 you get to say, oh look at that gun I'm passing by. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how you get to see it. Oh the whole the whole thing. But it's you it's make great. one stop. And you, yeah, you missed. Oh, no, yeah. you missed something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you stop at one place to look, you 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 know right there, and you're giving up something else. That's right. You're giving up seeing. Another 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 row, another aisle. Uh, it's great. It's and, and this one is catered for the public. Yep. This one is not catered for the industry. This is great. Last year there was a was a tremendous amount of families walking around too. Oh, you yeah. know uh, that that were into either shooting sports or you know out, outdoor stuff because NRAs they they've got a whole bunch of other stuff there besides just the guns. It's not mm-hmm. just just the firearms. So oh, there's huge camping sections yes. and, and yeah. outdoor life and all kinds of stuff. So it was uh, it was really good. So we hope to see you there. We will. Uh, you know we're still kind of in the works. We're we're, we're going to be broadcasting live that weekend, but we might be live right there from the show rather than from uh-huh. a, a local affiliate. So we'll find out. We're still working on those details for you. Already got some guests lined up for for that show. You'll be uh, be hearing some really cool cool guests while we're there in, what's that? It's three weeks now, right? Three weeks away. So we'll, we'll be up there. Uh, hey, Earl, I have been uh, neglectful in giving out routinely and precise information on how the people can get a hold of us. Ah, he's slacking, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yep, yep. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> You're not there to drive the whip. That's yep, it. Yep, exactly, exactly. Let's start off with Mike's favorite. You Twitters. Send, yep, the Twitters. You can send us a tweet on Twitter, at Arms Room Radio. They can give us a call directly here into the Celtech Studios, 407-774-8255. That's 407-774-TALK. You can send us a message on Facebook, facebook.com slash armsroomradio, or you can send us an email, radio at armsroom.com. The uh, president this week, I I say president because I don't want to use his name. It just, (laughs) it hurts to use his name. You know, when I write it and I have to write it, I don't capitalize it either. That's like my silent protest. I'm not capitalizing it. When I write, I don't capitalize anything. Yeah, and that's and the, and the judge loves that. By the way, she does. <laughs> um, and you know the uh, the the phone and the internet, the computer always. Do you want to capitalize this? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, president who will use his power of office to try to jumpstart long stalled 
smart gun technology that could eventually allow only the owner of the firearm to use it, the White House announced Friday. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say no now yeah. just to get it out of the way. Uh, we've talked about smart gun technology on here before. Uh, for the most part, the industry is also against smart gun technology. And I'd love to say it's principle-based, uh, you know, that uh, we refuse to take part in your anti-Second Amendment, anti-constitutional ways. But it's because it would take the cost of a gun from, you know, depending on a gun, two, $300, four, $500 to, you know, three or four times that amount. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, this is the, you've seen it. Go ahead. Smart guns don't fix stupid people, and that's the problem. And then that's what we're gonna we're gonna get deep into that. But the you know trying to put technology into these guns and asking a gun to do what you do what it's supposed to do, you know maybe it works for the first round, but as soon as yeah. you start, you know jamming three thousand feet per second and the, and the concussion coming off of that next to these uh, little bitty electronics, mm. you know it's 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 not uh, it's not mm. gonna work out. Yeah, them them barrels get kind of hot and. Electronics don't like hot. No, no, or the or the, the jarring effect. Um, mm-hmm. uh, over the opposition of gun rights groups, uh, the president will also vow to push ahead with a new federal policy giving the FBI access to more mental health records of some Social Security recipients to better flag people who might be banned from buying a gun. Now, we've talked about this with every, you know, mm-hmm. every guest we've had on the show, I believe. Uh, the president... from his office with his pen and with his his phone is going to violate the rights of, 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 now this is not just social security people over 62, over 65. These could be other people that have a, you know, disability and are receiving social security benefits. Uh Uh, This could be including disabled veterans, including disabled veterans. That's a key group. We've already heard numerous. How many, how many politicians have we heard uh, that, these veterans have been trained to kill, yep. and we shouldn't give them guns. Kevin's yeah. heard it. You've heard it in court from uh, from, from the opposing attorney. counsel. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I suggested that we would have to bring every combat veteran in the state of Florida to testify, and they needed to set aside six weeks. <clears throat> Got a call on the way home. The judge decided to rule in our favor, <laughs> just not in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that, that judge needs, uh, needs to win an election. Uh, these dual moves expand on a series of steps that Mr. Obama pledged in April, or excuse me, in January to control gun violence and that he would do it with or without Congress. And this has offered stiff opposition to broader gun control measures. Steps announced Friday, Friday generated objections not only from the usual opponents like the NRA, but also from some police groups, which raised safety concerns about officers using untested smart guns in real-life situations. Here's what the clown did. I'm sorry. Here's what the president did. He said that he was going to use smart gun technology and it was going to help the FBI and law enforcement to keep them from having their firearms taken from them and used against them. And the FBI and law enforcement, you know, they, they, they carry guns. They, they mm-hmm. kind of get them. You know, they've got a certain level of training. They know how they work. Mm-hmm. They've been exposed to these ideas of Smart gun technology. It's in their job description. It's, there you go. And they've been exposed to countermeasures, how not to have your firearm taken. Exactly right. It's it's all about training and education. Mm-hmm. Training and education, having the right equipment. Uh, and the police departments, because uh, the FBI can't, the FBI has got to say, oh, yes, <laughs> yes sir, they've got to nod their heads. Yeah. Uh, but the police departments, okay. who are led by such great constitutional officers as uh, Sheriff David Clark, Sheriff Wayne Ivey, and, and the others that we've had on our program, uh, they get to say, 
you know, nay, nay. hold it, Jack. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, not happening. No, no, no. Uh, it, I would like to think we were pretty advanced in the electronic and modern age. Kevin, you've got uh, uh, you know history working with uh, some electronic gear. Uh, Alec, you 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 game all night long. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you know what we're talking about. Um, the uh, <laughs> built some of the most advanced weapon systems on the planet. Yeah, yeah. maybe a little bit of electronics. Exactly. And, and still today, the best prototype available on a a gun for fingerprint identification is uh, wait one minute, put the wristband on, wait 30 seconds, uh, then there's a 75% rate it'll recognize you and let you fire the gun. That that doesn't work for self-defense. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect for, 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 the for, bad guy. for for FBI agents because <laughs> what they'll do is they'll be mandated that this is what they must carry, and you will find that they all carry them weak side. Yeah. <laughs> I've got it on. Yep. I'm wearing suspenders. Yeah, there it is. It's right over there. Because my <laughs> other side, I'm carrying the one I'm going to actually use. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. This is the, the the one that doesn't recognize the fingerprints. That becomes a readily available drop gun. Administration <laughs> <laughs> yep. stopped short of mandating the use of smart guns by federal agencies, but said it saw promise in committing more federal money and attention to a technology that has evolved and fits and starts over more than two decades. Let me Let me tell you something. Uh, I haven't been a businessman for many years. Uh, you know, I'm still new to it in the past 10. I was a government slave before that. If the... You were a civil master. Civil master, yes, yes. If the uh, if the commercial market has not created it... There's not a market There's no for, market for it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very rare that it you was, come up with a uh, a pet rock. You know, or the, or you know, the, the hula hoop, or something that nobody ever thought of before, and you and you and you, you know, you and Whammo become millionaires. Slinky. Yeah, yeah. This is not something that is going to work. Nobody wants it. No matter how many times you legislate that we have to use it. If if you want it to work, you need a judge dread. Yeah. It's got a DNA stamp the round when it comes out of the barrel. Right. So that there's no doubt about who fired it, because having it not be able to work unless one person uses it kind of defeats the purpose of a firearm in a household. Yeah. Wait a minute. I saw that movie. Even that one could be fooled. My yeah. clone could use it. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> Fred shoots at me. I'm to take it, you know? The idea being that smart gun technology is to limit the use of a firearm to its owner. Though personalized identifiers like a biometric sensor on the gun grip, a ring sensor worn by the owner, or a digital passcode entered on a wristband. Are you, are you, now, how does that work if the smart gun's in your dresser next to your bed when the bad guy comes in? Oh, that's right. It doesn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we could do, we could get DNA samples. Uh, we'll go no. future. And, oh, no. No. Oh, no? No. No. I don't want my DNA in a database. Vo- voice command. Gun. Load. Yeah. Gun. Right. Oh. Did you say Lair. you want the closest Chinese restaurant? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we've, we've all have experience yeah, with voice yeah. recognition with no, our phones. If, if Siri starts talking to me from my firearm, <laughs> it's going to be a problem. Hey, 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 remember, we're not getting a check. No product placement. That's it. I didn't say it was her. You're, uh, you're listening <laughs> to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Keltec Studios. When we get back, some more of uh, the president's brilliant uh, ideas. You're listening to Arms Room Radio. Over 26 years. You're listening to Armstrong Radio, live from the Keltec Studios. Call the Keltec Studios online right now, 
407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio. Live coast to coast with Mike and the guys in the Keltec Studios. This segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by GunTech USA. For tactical excellence, check them out online at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. I talked to the uh, the gentlemen, the folks, the uh, the good fellows out there at GunTech this week, as I do every week, and they. So did I. You. You know what? That reminds me, I got a thing to tell you from them, but I'll tell you later. Okay. Okay. There we go. See, that's how we keep attorney-client privilege here at Arms Room Radio, just like that. Just like that. You know, thing from the guy at the place. It is. It's it's code. It's code. You know? And I'll never forget it. <laughs> yep. Uh, Want to send me some remainded furniture? <laughs> so I talked to them. They're doing great. They had uh, they had a kind of week that, uh, that uh, we all had. Just one of those weeks. One of those weeks. I don't know about you folks listening, but it's been one of those weeks. It's been a long, rough week. And I'm uh, very happy that it's Saturday. And I was rewarded today. For a long and difficult week by no traffic on the highway on the way here. Woo-hoo. No one that I had to tell, please, sir, pull to the side <laughs> of the road and choke yourself. I didn't have to tell that to anybody the, the, the whole time here, the whole way. So it was really good. You I thought perhaps something had happened. Perhaps there had been some sort of... You didn't tell him about the lights we put in the grill <laughs> of his car. <laughs> perhaps there had been some sort of a, a, a national emergency where everyone had been evacuated. I thought, uh, you know, just that the, had gone Just on. the cars in front of you when your engine's yeah. running. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> you have some additional accoutrements inside the grill of your truck. We didn't mention that, did you? Listen, if, once you change <laughs> out uh, the bulbs in the parking lights to LEDs, it gives you more room to put a 50 cal barrel behind them. I'm, you know, just, just, just saying. In just theory. Saying. In theory, you know, in, in theory. I didn't want to do that. I just a paintball gun with marbles in it. <laughs> You know, mine. That would be enough. <laughs> here's what I used to want to do, and I used to want to do this at, at work at a law enforcement agency. This is what my theory was. You know, they'd already pulled the back seats out of the cars, and we'd had these plastic, you know, shields yes, in there. I've and, seen them. Uh, we'd had the cages in the car, and all you had. And this you was, caught a dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was before I was a training officer, and then afterwards as a supervisor. That I said, you know, I don't need this passenger seat. This passenger seat's just here to hold my additional equipment that I need to have up front with me. And then when the advent of the computers being put in there, it didn't matter if you had that seat there or not because uh, you couldn't sit. You there. couldn't sit there. You know the computer was there mm-hmm. and, it, and it blocked. You know, it was between the computer sat between the passenger and the airbag, and it was it was a horrible setup. So I wanted to get rid of it, the seat, and put in a. You know, like one of them dollar store shopping carts. Not a big giant one when you go to the supermarket, but a mid-sized one. Take the wheels, the cage off, so just the mm-hmm. baskets there, and just fill that thing up with, like, tennis balls and racquetballs. <laughs> and as I drive down the road and somebody does something ridiculous in front of me, I could scream at them and then, bam, whip whip out a tennis ball and just nail it, you know, throw it across traffic at them. Let it, let it bounce off their car. Let them, let them know what could have been, what could have been if, those, if that had been a basket full of grenades. But uh, uh, the problem with that was is no matter where I went, you could follow a trail of tennis balls and find me. <laughs> so it wouldn't have worked out. It wouldn't have worked out. Uh, so hello from the folks at uh, GunTech. They uh, they'll see you soon. Wow, longest hello ever. Leave <laughs> still gonna go in. What is he talking <laughs> about? Uh, advocacy uh, technology. We're talking about smart gun technology and the president's push for 
smart gun technology. Advocates see the technology as a way of stopping criminals from using stolen guns or children from accidentally shooting themselves or others. Uh, but despite millions of dollars in federal grant money awarded to gun manufacturers and researcher, researchers, no commercial viable smart gun has emerged. <laughs> they're laughing as they cash those checks. Yeah, they're going. They're going. Yeah, yeah, we'll make a smart gun. Thanks for the cash. <laughs> you know, and it's and, pretty smart. Yep. It's, it only shoots when you pull the trigger. <laughs> That's as smart as I need it to be. Uh, in New Jersey, lawmakers passed a 2002 law requiring that guns be smart. Once they have been available on the market for three years. Well, does that mean they, they're they in school those three years? No. Or, you it know, means you know, that they many. only use the ammunition made for them. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah don't put good. a 9 mil round in a 45, that kind of thing. Yeah. So for those guns that have safeties, you have to press the safety switch. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. The three-year countdown has never been started in part because of pressure from gun rights activists. Uh, on manufacturers not to develop the technology earlier uh, than planned. Earlier this year, Governor Chris Christie vetoed a new smart gun measure. Let me let me ask you this. Yes, sir. You create a model. Okay. And you put it in use for production for two and a half years. Okay. And then you revise the model. It's a new model. Does yeah. that three-year clock start over? I would I would assume so. Listen, it yeah. doesn't even hey, sound hey, like hey, it started hey, hey, at wait, all. Wait, wait, just just so we're clear. That's good lawyering right there. <laughs> that's that's $10,000 worth of legal advice right there in your pocket. I was mm-hmm. noticing that. Was, that's what you get. Uh-huh. <laughs> you get you get a little Alec, uh, a little mm-hmm. Alec Weber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the latest no, no, push no, no. was introduced. That's not, Oop, that's not ahead, the right model. Sorry, sir. Now, we've revised that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The latest push was introduced on the White House website Friday, along with a report from the administration's law enforcement agencies on the viability and effectiveness of smart gun technology. It concluded that the federal government could do more by making it cheaper for gun manufacturers to bring smart guns to the market and by using federal government's enormous purchasing power to encourage development. You know, like they've done with um, clean energy. Like they've done in the automobile industry. I wish I'd have gotten a piece of that like clean energy pie. That was, that was lucrative. <laughs> or, or you want some smart the... technology that will save law enforcement lives? Okay. We start making all the stocks out of plastique, right? It's explosive. Right. There's a microchip and receiver in there. uses, let's say, six tones. So there's no way you can get a four-tone receiver to set right. it off back then. So it's got a six-tone receiver with a proximity of 100 yards. So if a law enforcement officer feels he's in danger or she's in danger, she can press a transmitter that they wear on their body that sends out that six-tone pulse and detonates the firearm being pointed at them, along with every one of every other one within 100 yards. It works. Hey, if it works, it's great. Unfortunately. You'd have to allow everyone to have a gun with a bomb in it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You, you, well, you, if you set that phaser for overload, everybody's, yeah, everybody's right. screwed. It'll, yeah. it'll, yeah. Take out you, the entire shuttlecraft. Was it called <laughs> mutually assured self-destruction? Mutually assured self-destruction. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, if, about, about the time uh, smart technology or smart gun technology works, we'll be using lightsabers anyway. So, you know, yes! <laughs> what, what difference does it make? Uh <laughs> And we all know that. Did, she, it, did he? I just almost called you she. Did you look just like her? I, did she just say that? Did she just say that? That's we, what she said. We all know that a uh, a good blaster is a lot better than hokey religions and ancient weapons. All right. Oh, a good blaster. So, 
Uh, I can't say what I want to say on the radio. The, the, uh, <laughs> the Justice Department and Homeland Security Departments will develop the criteria for gun manufacturers that want to sell smart guns to federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies. Again, the state and local law enforcement agencies have already said, and we have a follow-up story for this, they've already said, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, we're not interested. We're out. <laughs> Just we'll take the zero. Uh, at federal agencies, they're doing the... Mm, Nine more months. Nine more months. They're shaking their head. Well, sir, yes, sir, but it'll take many, many, many months to implement this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the way to is comply by developing it in a caliber that doesn't exist yet and then convince all the ammo manufacturers to refuse to make it. That's it. We'll make the 359 Magnum or something like <laughs> that. You know? We'll go... We'll go crazy with it. Uh, I just want to uh, point out that the Homeland Security Department is the same people that brought you the TS, the, the TSA uh, daily achievements. Mm. So, uh, and that, that Kevin and I have brought to your attention. Strip search a six-year-old. <laughs> the, uh, the I, I've I've got the, some great pictures. I've got this week a story whoa, I'm working whoa, on. Whoa, hey. Some great pictures for the TSA story I'm oh, working on. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let's go there. Speaking Thank of you. great Thank TSA you. story, I've got some great pictures. Let's try it that way. <laughs> let's, let's try it. That way. It's Where all they, about uh, phrasing. They have, they have the priest, the one-legged priest on two canes standing up out of his wheelchair so they can pat him down. Because clearly, he's the threat. He's the he, threat. Listen, they've got to protect those airplanes. Yeah, it, well, listen, you know, it, it gotta, it's the airplanes that, uh, you know, we, if we go blowing up airplanes, then, uh, you know, we'll have no more airplanes. Right. Don't worry about protecting the people. Don't worry That's about the, not important. Don't worry about the 3,000 people standing out here in your line waiting to get in there yeah. in the unsecure protect area. Don't worry the, about them. Protect the planes. Protect that plane uh, by all means. So the, uh, the the big one here, again, I think uh, that we'll, we'll discuss a little more when we get back from the break, is this ramification with the Social Security Administration, Social Security, uh, people that are receiving Social Security benefits. This is... I mean, you know, how many uh, how many amendments are we violating here? You know, the right, the right to privacy, you know, the, with, the, with the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's just start you know, there. Second, second Amendment, you know. Even the third. Even the, even, yeah, that's it. They're, they're going to they're gonna come house troops in your house while they take a look at your medical records. Well, yeah, that's, well they're going to come look at them somehow. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from Caltech Studios. More when we get back. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012. The Keltec PMR30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush, 
from that one millionth of a second when innovation ignites performance brace yourself there's 29 more innovation performance Keltech. see more at keltechweapons.com ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle then you want the tactical excellence of gun tech usa gun tech a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle insist on tactical excellence insist on gun tech usa parts gun tech a proud supporter of the second amendment and friends of arms room radio check them out online today at guntechusa.com that's g-u-n-t-e-c-u-s-a.com gun tech usa defining tactical excellence for over 26 years Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Kiltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast. With Mike and the guys in the Caltech Studios. Quick that update from OMI. They wanted to let you know that training and education are key to success for any military operation or first responders. Anything, anything really. Any uh, listen, you could be a uh, civilian and a firearms holder, and there's many states now where constitutional carry is the Second Amendment. You just go out and. Listen, there's a. I, I have the right to have a gun. It's, you it's wouldn't pick ju- up a chainsaw if you didn't know how to operate it. It's the same that's applies for a Alex firearm. done that several times. Well, that's why Alec <laughs> has that cane. You know? It's a walker, thank you. So, I like the tennis balls. I borrow, on it, I borrow Kevin's. Yes. <laughs> Mine has Uzi mounts now. Yeah. <laughs> After the president announced guidelines and standards for smart gun technology, White House spokesperson Josh Ernest. Do you, you ever get the idea that this guy's just standing up there going, Please don't ask me anything. Please don't. Please don't, please don't ask me anything. They sent me out here, and I feel stupid because this is complete hooky. He dismissed the criticisms as wild-eyed conspiracy theories. Uh, Obama announced that the federal government would work to identify requirements for these smart guns. 
when a reporter asked if this was a way to mandate gun buyers to buy technology they weren't interested in owning, uh, he was dismissive. This is Ernest. Uh, <laughs> oh, of course it is. It's, it's going to you make your health care cheaper. You can't. Yeah. You can't. No way. Earl Mendel. Earl steals the point. It is, actually, because the guns won't go off accidentally because they're smart and there'll be less ER bills. <laughs> the, the, point, the, the point to be made here that Earl's, Earl's made for us is that can they really force us to buy something we don't want? Oh, yes, gee, yes, I don't know. Yes. Yes. yes, they yeah. can. Oh, you can't it, you afford it? It's not I'm a tax. Sorry. It's yeah, a you're going to have to pay, you're gonna have a, to pay a tax because you can't afford it. It's not you a know, the tax. problem with this technology is that when they get it out where it's working, the only ones that are going to be able to make it work is going to be a third grader. <laughs> and after having a third grader take my pistol to make it function. It's, it's like that commercial where the grandparents, or the grandkids go to the grandparents' house, and while the grandkids are saying hi, the grandparents are like, oh, this doesn't work. Fix it. Yeah. Like I did the other day when I drove by a grade school with my iPhone and couldn't get it to work and walked in and went, can we help you? Yeah, I'm looking for a third or fourth grader. I'm sorry? Phrasing. Ooh, easy. Yeah, phrasing. Phrasing. And, and I held it up, and the, and the woman looked at me and laughed and went, and she said some kid's name, and the, the child walked over, and I said, it, it won't, and he did some stuff to it, and... And he handed it back, and he goes, there. And it was working, and I went, cool. And I gave him a 20, and I, well, and I left. <laughs> Tech support. Yep, that's it. That's it. Yeah, the the, uh, the the fight has been, and then the fight will continue to be that the market is what drives the technology. You know, in very limited cases. That's, that's usually the way it works in everything. Right. You know, in very limited cases, uh, the space program, uh, you know, that was the government driving technology. And, and perhaps uh, wars will drive technology when we're trying to find a more efficient way to kill each other. But and something like this, nobody needs smart gun technology. This is not Moonraker. Nobody's, uh, you know, shooting laser beams in the space stations. There and is lasers. no <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, there's no market for this. Nobody wants it. And Ernest, the uh, the White House spokesperson there, said uh, it's possible since the federal government is a bulk purchaser of firearms. And no, no, just ammunition. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. <laughs> but there's no, they're stockpilers. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, and uh, it's 40 cal, Kevin, which is why you've probably seen a price increase <laughs> go up at 40 cal. Kevin being the only other person that uses 40 cal besides Kevin. I and Wait and a ice. second. <laughs> Kevin's a buyer for 40 cal. No, that's, that's really conspiracy theory there. Uh, hmm. Kevin's the government. Kevin's the government. It's a new form of government. It's uh, a government. new world order. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to reach in here and pull this mask off, and it's going to turn out <laughs> I am Obama. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an infiltrator. Infiltrator. Mm-hmm. Talking uh, about a beatdown. No, I saw you riding a bicycle without a helmet, so I know it's you're not him. So. <laughs> and you don't wear mom jeans. And, so and, and you we have seen good. him shoot. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Have you seen those series of pictures? Remember when, uh, when I when, took them? No, no, not Kevin. I'm talking about Obama. Oh, um, <laughs> when he took them. Oh, when, no, he, when, when the whole those. gun control thing and Sandy Hook came about, so he went to some trapid ski club and they gave him a, a you know, a nice uh, 410 gauge over under, and he's holding it and shooting it, wearing his mom jeans and bicycle helmet, I believe, and that got photoshopped into him holding a whole assortment of mm-hmm. items, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, "Look, I am a." I, I'm I'm a, I'm a bird because I'm holding wings. You know, I, uh-huh. it, it was just it, it was really it was really fun. Was really I, fun. I like the counter of that one where you know it shows him shooting, and then you see the the Queen of England holding whatever the current yes military yeah. issue over there. She's, and she's a, like an HK91. <laughs> yeah, she's holding hold an HK91. <laughs> please, uh, Obama, please, Obama, please. Uh, so. Smart gun technology. Here's the conspiracy theory part, and this is what he was alluding to. And there's there's merit in this. 
the smart gun technology they're going to be putting in are these little sensors, these little, you know, remember, it's going to be RF sensor. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll be Bluetooth. I don't know. But you're talking about putting the code in the ring so when it gets to within a certain proximity, only you can use it. You're talking about putting the the, the code in a wristband or, a, you know, a, a watch band style. And so you a little, only... A little Fitbit. little Fitbit, kind of, only kind of, so you could yeah. use it. Well, if it's a technology that is electronically transmitted it can be can shut it. down what could, what what's to stop the government from either shutting it down or turning it on at their at their uh, leisure or they, they just simply jamming it yeah they, they turn it off yeah. I, mm-hmm. I gun bot exactly exactly right yeah so that and that's Easy. not that, that far off that made me nervous uh, if, if anybody's ever been to i believe it's disneyland disney world does it now you get it looks like a fitbit for those that have never been yeah, there i've got them and it's a rf sensor and uh, as you walk through the park, uh, you can you can pull up on your phone. Uh, uh, you know, I want to go to the speed pass here. Uh, it shows you where you are. It shows you your speed. It's, it, you, know, it, you could charge things with it. It's just short of a microchip uh, implant uh-huh. under the skin. And it, it'll, you know what? It'll either be the government or Disney that does that to you. I'm just, <laughs> but Disney's, Disney's will make you involuntarily smile. Yes. Listen, I, what do you I, mean? It's, what do you mean it's the happiest place on earth? It's a small world after all. Uh, and and my bet, if we're going to get uh, you know chip technology that fits under the skin, uh, if if we want it to work right, we'll get it from Disney. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get it because yeah, there's a market for it. Yeah, yeah exactly right. <laughs> They're going to make sure they That's can exactly, make money off of it. Exactly right. Uh, That'll be the beginning the of the scare, force. The big scare here is what's going on with Social Security. What's going on with VA that we already know about, but we don't talk right. about what's going on with the VA. We've had to, we've talked about that with the with both Colonel West and Colonel McKnight, I believe, when they've been on the program. This is going to, I, I, I don't know, uh, let me see if I can do this. Uh, this could be a Fourth Amendment right violation. This may Church be a due process, uh, you know, violation. This yep. is going to be, uh, well, you know, depending on how you want to go, is this cruel and unusual punishment? It, it, because you're taking it, away from a disabled person? No, they're going to treat this as a breach of contract. That's the way the government's going to get around this. They're going to teach you to treat it as a breach of contract. We have a contract. You are a government employee. You are still on the hook. I'm not a government main... employee. I'm retired. But you get a retirement check. I'm not a government employee. I'm disabled. You, but you get a disability check. Looks like the Hotel California. You can check out any time you like, but you can you're, never leave. Exactly right. You're, you're on the government <laughs> payroll. Right. So here's the deal. You either agree that you're never allowed to own a firearm, and we can come and quarter troops in your home anytime we want to, <laughs> and uh, and you will vote like this. And we'll tell you who to vote for, or oh, we stop your check. You're in the union now. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, yeah. That's, 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 that, that from the other quarter. Yes, yeah. that's... Uh, the peanut uh, gallery has uh, alluded to the fact that there's a couple of uh, locals that use that same uh, methodology. Mm-hmm. At uh, one point in my military career, I trained selective service boards. And no, this was not prior to 1972 when Nixon got rid of it. They still exist. There's no draft anymore. But just in case there is, uh, there are... Selective service boards in your area, about one board of five people for every 50,000 of population, 50 to 100,000 of population, that exist. One of the disqualifiers to be on that board, you can't can't be on the board if you collect any sort of a government check, whether that be you're uh, in law enforcement, you're retired military, you are disabled. If you get a government check, you cannot 
be on the Selective Service Board. You can't be one of the people that listens to people's stories in the event of a draft that says, get on the bus. Go to, you know, uh, Paris Island, go to Fort, Fort Benning, go to Lackland Air Force Base, go to Connecticut, go, uh, did I cover them all? Go to the Great Lakes Mistakes, uh, Great Mistakes Naval Training Center. Um, <laughs> no, it's Great Mistakes. That's what it's, that's the, what the, the, the Navy guys call it, Great Mistakes. But the idea behind that is it's a, uh, it's a conflict. Because how could you tell somebody they have to go serve in the military when you get a military check? You're on the payroll. That's a conflict of interest. You shouldn't be allowed to do that. Yet, we're going to stop government checks. We're going to be able to tell people that get government checks now, well, we're, I guess we're taking then your gun rights away from you. They're going to stop your government check, or you're going to give up your gun rights. If we take stop your government check, at least you can go be on the Selective Service Board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Small consolation. Hmm. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's is that a volunteer a, position then? It is a volunteer position. It's a volunteer position, and it is uh, you actually get a presidential appointment letter while you're on it. So it's a. It's actually really good uh, community service. Uh, the, the what these guys do. It's so uh, you're, you're appointed by the commander in chief, who's the chief of the military. But it's not a conflict of interest to be telling people to go do stuff when you're appointed by the commander in chief, who is part of the military. Don't don't try and reason this. It's not going <laughs> to. It's the government. That's it's right. not going to work. Hey, hey, it's hey, not going to work. Get your that's, logic yeah. out of here. No, that's a lawyer in again. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, this hour number one. Hour number one, we're approaching the completion mark. Uh, Man, so get ready to by. stop the tape. We're gonna we're gonna have to turn the deck over here, and we'll we put it on the other that. side. And uh, we what? use solid state electronics. Okay, whatever. That's don't don't confuse. Don't know what that means. Don't confuse him. Thank you for listening to hour one. We'll be right back uh, with hour two. Please, until then, exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. You aren't ready. Get ready. And if you are ready, stay ready. And don't be caught dead in a gun-free zone. Welcome back, Fred. Yay! See you in a little bit. From the Caltech Studios, it's Arms Room Radio with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. And you can connect with these guys right now. Call the Arms Room Radio hotline, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to coast. From the Caltech Studios. Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, where we promise to continue bringing you all things gun, all the gun time. Uh, welcome back to the program. Gentlemen, thank you for being back here with me. On my right is the right-hand man, the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back after a couple of weeks of hiatus. Here he is. His name is Earl. Hiatus. Is that like a spread you can put on post? It's one of those islands in the Bahamas. He was on hiatus. On my left is the courtroom assassin, the legal ninja, Mr. Kevin Maxwell. I go on sabbatical, but I'm going high. That actually is over off the coast of Texas. And on your left is the samurai sidekick, the Padawan learner, Mr. Alec Weber. I don't get to do hiatus or sabbatical. No, you get to sit in Earl's office or in Kevin's office with a smoking jacket, cigar, and some scotch while they're gone. That's right. So... That's what that's what goes on there. 
Uh, Welcome back to the program. That's where it's all going. We we spent the uh, yeah, we we spent the first hour pretty much uh, you know talking about smart gun technology and the, and the uh, or the lack thereof. Yeah, you know, the, the the clown in chief decided he wants to have them uh, have them. Oh, they're just going to pop up. They're going to be great. We're going to have these, and you know, there's no demand for them. Nobody wants them, but we're going to we're going to fund them so that they're going to happen. You know, that's not the first time the government's ever sent something to us that we didn't want, and said you'll use it now. Obamacare. Well, that's that's more of a and a plan than a, than a product, but okay. We're, we're waiting, Kevin. No, I'm no. just... What's the, what's the, what is the other no, Go ahead. This, this plays great on radio, just so you know. You're staring at me, it plays great on the radio. <laughs> I, I, I'll look at Earl. Okay, all right. I'll stare at Fred. He's, <laughs> he's mesmerized. Fred is staring back longingly. We've talked to you in the past about a certain Green Beret. Uh, you, you, you might remember him, Sergeant First Class Charles Martland. Sergeant Martland was... A Green Beret uh, sergeant in uh, v- Vietnam. No, thank you. We'll get back to Vietnam later. He was in <laughs> Afghanistan, and they he was—he was—he uh, was the one that him and his commander, his team commander, uh, a captain. They, a boy came to him, a young lad, uh, along about, with his about, mother, about ten years old, and the mother came to him and said, "Oh, hey, listen, the Afghan commander over here, yeah." He's had the boy tied up against a post. I mean, tied up, standing up against a post for the past two, three days and been sexually assaulting and battering him for the whole time. It was almost two weeks. Yeah, yeah. And so the Afghan uh, commander was, uh, you know, in his own little own, own little uh, quarters there on the American base behind American security, uh, receiving the benefits of uh, the good old uh, U.S. military. He said it's good to be king. That's exactly what he said. And the sergeant and the captain said, uh, "No, it's not." Well, you know, some, you know, what well, we got something for him. Yeah, here, we, catch, we, catch your king's beating. Yeah, mm-hmm. we 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 got something for him. And they went over and uh, they 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 gave him something special. Uh, they they gave him what uh, would be referred to as an OSB. Regicide. That's a that's an old school beating is what they gave him. <laughs> they they put one down on him. And they and, didn't hurt him so bad he couldn't run away. Oh no! Because yeah. no, no, he ran away. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but this he was, is after the mother went right. to the authorities. Correct. They Correct. beat her up for yes. complaining. Yeah, the the army, in its uh, current infinite uh, social experiment wisdom under President Obama, decided that they were going to throw out Sergeant Martland because that was conduct unbecoming a non-commissioned officer. Mm. You should not going around be going around beating. You're not honor, honoring their culture. Don't beat on our allies. Uh, yeah, don't the, you're not honoring their yeah, culture. Even, yeah. even though the allies beat on a little boy. Correct. Uh, his his boss at the time, uh, Captain Daniel Quinn, uh, he decided he was just getting out of the army. It was time for him. Sergeant Marlin had been in uh, not not quite retirement years, but he had I uh, think it was uh, 12, 14 years or something at the time. Uh, we're just gonna go ahead and jump into the story. Uh, U.S. Army reversed a decision to discharge a Green Beret for kicking and body slamming an Afghan police commander accused of sexually assaulting a boy. Army said a statement Thursday night that Sergeant First Class Charles Martland's status has changed, which allows him to continue Army service. The statement did not provide further details. You know why I didn't provide further details? Because you're still can, making it up as yeah, they go. Yeah, you can only stick your tail between your legs and, uh, you know, and, and have you're, people believe you for so long. You're, you're now a cook in a unit with no personnel. Please collect your check and don't talk. Yeah. Martland and former Captain Daniel Quinn were disciplined by the Army after they beat a powerful local police official who they concluded had been raping a small boy in northern Afghanistan in 2011. They say they had been encountered by higher-ups by... I'm sorry, what? what? Encouraged. Oh, I'm sorry. 
They said they had been encouraged by higher-ups that there was nothing to do about such horrific acts, that these were Afghan problems for the Afghan authorities to work with. He's so mad he can't even read right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the Afghan authorities wouldn't do anything about it, the two soldiers say. I- I've got some comments on this. I want to get through this all real quick. Uh, according to the statement by Martin last year that was obtained uh, from reporters, he and Quinn were told by a young Afghan boy and his mother, though an, through an Afghan interpreter, that the boy had been tied to a post at the home of the Afghan local police commander. Uh, his name was Abdul Rahman, or it probably still is Abdul Rahman, uh, and he raped repeatedly for up to two weeks. When his mother tried to stop the attacks, uh, the police commander's brother beat her. After the child rapist laughed it off and referenced that it was only a boy, Captain Quinn picked him up and threw him, Marlin wrote. Martlin then proceeded to body slam him a couple of times. I believe that would be called the DDP. <laughs> he, got, he got the Diamond Dallas page. <laughs> he got the DDP out of him. Uh, they kicked him in the ribs a few times, and they put a foot on his neck. I continued to body slam him and throw him for 50 meters. Listen, if you could pick a person up and throw him for 50 meters, that's yeah, not a guy you want to mess yeah. with. You know what he really should have done, or, though? What's that? He should have picked up the guy's brother and beat him with his yeah, brother. Yeah, that's it. Beat a dude with, with a, a dude. dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And I, listen, I know he didn't throw him 50 meters. He picked him up and threw him over the course of 50 meters. That, that's even worse, yeah. actually. You, you, that means he picked M- him up. Multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Picked him up. One and, big oomph compared to 10 big oomphs. He, he picked him up and threw him uh, you know, several times during this 150-meter walk, uh, 162, 163 50 feet. 50 meters, yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> He said he was never he was never knocked out, and he ran away from the camp when he got him out there to the edge of the camp. Yeah. And this lasted no more than five minutes. Which do you think would hurt more, a flying and then crashing after a flight of 50 meters or hitting the ground once every three meters? Oh, I think you'd have to be the three meters because when you fly once, mm-hmm. you just land on one spot. Right. It might be a little bit more severe, mm-hmm. but this is, you know, like you said, this is uh, this is All beating over. a dude with a dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is beating a dude is, with the concrete. Yeah, this is this is this is that going down. I could tell you. I want to tell you this, especially if it's from a 100 percent assurity that these things we encountered in Afghanistan, and I was there for just over a year, and we were told the same thing that you. Well, we weren't told it's an Afghan problem. We were told. It's their culture. Right. It's their culture. To the point where the joke was, oh, it's Man Love Thursday. We know what the screams are. You know, we, 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 you knew what that meant. That's their culture. Leave them alone. It's their Ugh. culture. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, it, the Army finally reversed itself. Hopefully, they, like Kevin says, he doesn't end up as a, as a cook to a, a unit with nobody in it. So we'll see if they take care of him right. All you got to do, Sergeant, is hang in there. Hang in there nine more months. You'll, get the, you'll, get, you'll reap the reward you deserve. Uh, you listen to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. When we get back, Lieutenant Bill is going to be with us. Lieutenant Bill. Lieutenant Bill, Chief Law Enforcement Officer, Arms Room Radio. We'll see you after the break. This is no ordinary shotgun. Not with innovative dual-tube magazines that hold a dozen 12-gauge rounds, plus one in the chamber. And in the one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, the ordinary tactical shotgun became obsolete. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey, Mike, you ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter. 
at work. Here in the office or at home? Trigger time. How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextlevel.training.com slash arms room and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash arms room. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off off. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the kill Studios. Call the Arms Room hotline right now, 407-774-8255, 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the kill Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Hey, uh, we just want to point out, last segment we talked about Sergeant First Class Charles Martland. He is going to be back on active duty. The the Army has corrected their problems with him. Everything that has uh, gone on, the the persecution of him for standing up uh, to uh, a child rapist while in in Afghanistan. The the story, again, was that commanders said, hey, you know, Afghan problem, not our our business, not our Mm. business. So, uh, so good, so good on good on the army for finally coming around. It only took you know a couple years worth of pressure and congressional action and people like uh, Colonel Allen West getting uh, getting involved in, in all of this. So, so that's going on. Hey, uh, on the line with this we have uh, we have uh, we have Lieutenant Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. Are you there with us today? Yes, I am. Gentlemen. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can hear that. I don't know if you can hear what's playing right now. But we we finally got it hooked up for you. 
For those that don't know, that's the theme song for uh, Adam 12, and we're only playing less than 30 seconds of it, so we don't owe anybody any money. So <laughs> just, just, just so we're clear there. Uh, Bill, thanks for joining us. Hey, listen, before we get uh, too much into the story that uh, that you're on the line for here, you were in Afghanistan with me. We we saw each other over there. We had a we had a we had a little bit of a, a little bit of time together over in the sandbox. What did, what was yours? Did you uh, did you hear any guidance? Did you what was what was the uh, what were you given by your commanders when faced with uh, something like this? That you know that it was, that was a local culture. You know, it, it was weird because the the time that we were over there, I think we had uh, probably five different briefings on different rules of engagement. Right. Uh, so it, it it was ever changing. I mean, we had times where we were not to engage at all. Uh, we had, I think, two different times where if we saw something, we were to immediately engage. Uh, so it really depended upon what the political winds were blowing at the time. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was very confusing. So you it, you never knew. Uh, we we always had to have an ROE briefing anytime we went outside the wire because you didn't know what the current ROE was going to be that day. Yeah, and that's uh, that's uh, painfully ridiculous. You know, uh, we uh, we we dealt with that in our in our own way, and uh, while we were there, and uh, you know, there's a there's your ROE that you follow, and then there's your ROE that keeps you alive. So, and uh, we all came back alive. I'll just say that, Bill. Uh, we got a story coming. Uh, it's a couple weeks old. We hadn't had time to get get this with you. We keep seeing, having other things pop up in front of it. Uh, a story at a Fort Bend County up uh, up there in uh, oh geez, what state's Fort Bend County? Uh, Texas. Texas, thank you. In the Houston area. Houston area, okay. Uh, we had had a story come out of there. This is, unfortunately, there was a, a deputy that was killed five years ago in the line of duty. Um, are you familiar with this story? Yes. It was a deputy sheriff uh, by the name of uh, Norsworthy. He was on patrol. He was driving. Uh, had, there was a flatbed truck in front of us, right in front of him. Had some soundproofing material, uh, uh, was unsecured, flew off the back of the truck. Uh, he swerved to avoid it, ran off the road, uh, vehicle rollover. Uh, he was trapped inside. Uh, unfortunately, he was uh, uh, severely injured, and about eight days later, he passed away in the hospital. Uh, because of that crash, the uh, family filed suit against the uh, the driver uh, in the company, uh, right. and they, they settled. The, actually, the father and the son filed suit against the driver in the company. Uh, and they had a settlement. And then sometime later on, the wife uh, of the deputy, who unfortunately at the time drove up on the scene of the crash, yeah. uh, uh, later filed suit and settled. And uh, they settled for an, uh, an undisclosed amount. Uh, and, you know, time went on. Uh, and then recently here, uh, Fort Bend County uh, decided to sue uh, the family to recoup uh, about three hundred thousand uh, dollars in uh, wages and uh, medical expenses that the county incurred uh, while their the deputy was in the hospital. Yeah, this is uh, the county that the deputy worked for, um, yeah. and, and you get a lot of uh, a lot of agencies. You know, if they're they're large enough agencies, they're 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 self-insured. You know, which just basically means, well, the, you know the the government will write the check if you know if we have to write the check. Uh, I, yes. I, I guess they decided in this case, uh, you know, we don't want to write the check. 
Well, they well, did write it, the check. They want the money back. Yeah, they want their money back. Yeah. Well, and and there are rules that okay, and and there's and there's nothing wrong with that because they have a right to claim you know first monies if there's a settlement of of a lawsuit. Right. However, the problem being is that now they went after the family five years later. Yeah. And there are statute of limitations, and I'll defer to Kevin uh, uh, on this. But they were well outside of the statute of limitations on this, and now. Uh, now the county, after five years, decides, oh, well, we have a responsibility uh, to the taxpayers to, to, to recoup this, this money. Uh, Alec, let me, let, me, let me interrupt you. Alec, what, what's, what's he talking about? What's, what's, what's going on with the, you know, the statute of limitations? And, the and... statute of limitations is the amount of time that you have to file a lawsuit against someone before you lose the claim permanently. Don't want claims to perpetuate forever. Uh, okay. So if they're outside the statute of limitations, they shouldn't be filing a lawsuit. But what they're talking about here is the, the right of subrogation. Um, all health insurance carriers have it. Uh, if you're injured because of the actions of a third party, you know, uh, they're allowed to collect a portion or all of the monies that they paid out because of that accident. So if you've got health insurance and you get sick of your own uh, doing, yeah. they can't collect money back from that. But if you get into an automobile accident or you get into... Uh, a workers' compensation case or something like that, and some third party pays money to you, the health insurance carrier, or the government in this case, can come and get a portion, if not all of the money that they paid out back. Why Why isn't the county going after the trucking company and and, and, and those? Why are they coming and getting the money from the family? Uh, I know, I guess you get the, they're entitled to some of that first money's allowed to pay back medical bills or whatever, but why aren't they going after, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to, Sound loyally? Why? Why aren't they going after the deep pocket? Why are they taking from the victim's family? Because the the benefit went directly to actually to the officer and to the family. But Don't, the issue is there's no contract there. Right. So you've got to have what's called privity of contract to be able to sue like that. Uh, that means there has to be a direct link between you, the county, and the family. Is it the county also a victim? They're out financially. Can't they sue based on the, their victim status? Well, technically, they're supposed to get it out of the settlement. They're supposed to get it from the monies that come in. That shouldn't have they have stepped up and said we want to sue. It should have been something that was negotiated at the time of the settlement. Okay. Okay. Well, what I also found interesting in the story is that the the settlement that the family received was right around three hundred thousand dollars, and the county comes in and says, "Well, you know, our our lost wages and medical bills is is three hundred thousand dollars." <laughs> yeah. Ain't that a quinky Which, ding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a quinky ding. Yeah. Uh, it, so, and this is really drawn. Uh, a lot of negative press, obviously, uh, to, to to Fort Bend County, and there's there's currently a lot of online petitions and and monies that have been raised uh, for the families and scholarships that have been set up for the for the children. Uh, so it really goes to 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 wonder why, after you know these statute of limitations have, have expired, what is the reason? What is the mentality? And, and again, I, I defer. Uh, to the legal team there as to why all of a sudden they they see the, the necessity to do this and why didn't they go into this in the beginning when they knew that the father and the son were, were filing suit they're trying to set an example for future I mean that's that's what yeah, I can right. think of there, there was a release that was signed you know uh, everything should have been taken care of from the get-go I'd say too bad so sad too late you know if, if, if I handle an automobile accident for you one of the first things I'm going to do when I put together that closing statement and I get the money that goes to our trust account is take care of that health insurance lien 
So this doesn't come back and bite you in the butt. Um, the only thing I could think of is they're trying to create an example or set some sort of. Uh, they said to set a precedent. Yeah. So they can, if something happens later on down the line yeah. with another. But they could use their discretion on this. The the father and son may have had a lawyer that got the county to waive the lien in order for the settlement to go through, and wouldn't agree to the settlement otherwise, and would have been faced with a declaratory action where a jury would have made a decision about whether the county got their money back, and they didn't want the press that soon after the accident. So they either waived it or they reached some kind of compromise where they took a portion, and and we end up with those kind of compromises all the time. We'll take a $140,000 medical lien and settle it for eight grand. Um, Those kinds of things happen fairly regularly where you negotiate with a carrier if they've gotten health insurance payments at all. Uh, because they shouldn't be allowed to get it all back. The idea of insurance is a transfer of risk from you to an insurance company. It's a wager. You're betting something's going to yeah. happen to you. The insurance company's betting it's not. When something happens to you and they have to pay money, why should they get it all back? What was the point of you paying the premium? They got to use your money for all those years. Are they going to give you back your premium? No. That's why there's some case law out there one of which is called Manfredo, which basically says, you get a percentage of what I get, and that's all. So if I get $100,000 and I got a, and I should have gotten a million, then you get... You don't get, get 100000 You get the, the 10% or whatever it is. You get 10% of what I got. Greatest scam on earth. Bill, Bill, you got a couple of seconds left. You say there's some online petitions. How, are they pretty easy to find? Yes, absolutely. If you go online and you Google, uh, you know, Fort Bend County... Uh, lawsuit or Fort Bend County uh, sues family, it's, it's going to pop right up. Okay. And there's online petitions uh, for the, to help support the family. Bill, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, we appreciate your time as always. That's uh, Lieutenant Bill, Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. Uh, we'll be back after the break. For 26 years. Listening to Arms Room Radio live from the Kiltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now more Arms Room Radio live coast to coast with Mike and the guys in the Kiltech Studios. The Fallen Hero segment of Arms Room Radio is proudly brought to you by MaxLawOrlando.com. Marine Corporal Charles McMahon, 21, and Marine Lance Corporal Darwin Lee Judge were killed in action April 29, 1975, while providing security for the Defense Attaché Office compound adjacent to Tan Son Nut Airport in Saigon, South Vietnam. They were members of the Marine Security Guard Battalion at the U.S. Embassy in Saigon. McMahon was 11 days short of his 22nd birthday. He was from Woburn, Massachusetts. He had arrived in Vietnam on April 18th. 11 days before his death. Corporal Judge was a former Eagle Scout from Marshalltown, Iowa. He arrived in Vietnam in early March. Both were killed by a North Vietnamese rocket attack. They were the last two American casualties of the Vietnam War. Marine Corporal Charles McMahon, Marine Lance Corporal Darwin Lee Judge, you are not forgotten.
you'd like to get a hold of Kevin and myself, we got a couple of different ways you can do it. First off, you can pick up the telephone, give us a call at the office. It's 407-480-2179. You can go on our website, maxlaworlando.com. It's got our contact information. It's also got the trust questionnaire if you want to get a NFA Firearms Trust. You can reach us on Twitter. It's at MaxLawOrlando. And you can Facebook us, facebook.com slash downtownattorneys. Thank you, Alec. Thank you, Mike. Thank you again, Kevin. My uh, pleasure. Hey, uh, we talked with Lieutenant Bill, Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio, last segment. We were talking about uh, Deputy Sheriff Norsworthy from Fort Bend County. I know we kind of we kind of chopped that towards the end. We went a little bit long with Lieutenant Bill. But if you want to jump on board there and perhaps help out with the petition, sign a petition, I'm sure there's got to be a, uh, you know, a, a, a GoFundMe or a Change site, Change.org site or something like that out there. Like he said, just go ahead and Google it up for Fort Bend County Deputy Norsworthy, Deputy J.D. Norsworthy, and uh, that should give you what you need there. Hey, Alec, uh, I know you and I were talking about this the other day, and then uh, we've had this one on the program before. Uh, the Supreme Court this week sides with the police officer, which is nice, which is nice, uh, in a yard sign case. Folks, if you remember, we talked to you about a couple months ago, uh, uh, Officer Jeffrey uh, Heffernan, he was a 20-year veteran of the Patterson, New Jersey, police force. He was demoted after picking up a campaign sign for the city mayor's opponent. Uh, he picked up a campaign sign for the city mayor's opponent. Now, the, uh, the, the weird part about this, if I recall correctly, and the reason this got thrown out in lower court was the sign wasn't for him. No. He was they, they said that he wasn't exercising his constitutional right. right. Well, his, the reason he told... His boss, I was holding the sign, was, you know, my bedroom mother, she had her sign taken yeah. out of her out of her, uh, her yard. And she asked me to get her one. So I did. I went and I picked up that sign, and I was chatting with someone, and all of a sudden I'm getting a call that I'm demoted. Yeah. Uh, this this is exactly what happened. The uh, the police officer there was promoted to detective in 2005 and given a, a, a good assignment there in the police chief's office. Then one day during the 2006 mayoral campaign, Nice to see that this only took 10 years to settle itself, right? <laughs> legal, um, little legal system. Easy, <laughs> easy. Come on. It uh, is Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. There was a lot of payoffs to be made. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey. Uh, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. It went to the Supreme Court of the United States. Yes, yes. Uh, and it only took 10 years. To be fair. Right, right. Uh, a yard sign was stolen from in front of the mother's house, and she wanted a replacement. As it happens, the sign supported the mayor's opponent. Mm -hmm. uh, Heffernan promised his mother he'd pick up her sign for her. Uh, and he picked it up when he was off duty, which was another important part of this, I believe. It was a, it was off duty. He went to the Challengers campaign office where he was spotted holding the sign and chatting with campaign workers. Word spread quickly back at the police chief's office where the chief assumed wrongly that Heffernan was actively supporting the mayor's opponent. Said, I got back home. My phone rang. I was told that I was being demoted and I'm going back to going back to the squad, the walking squad, by the way, mm -hmm. working 12 hour shifts. Got the beat. The, yeah, this is this is like, uh, hey, by the way, you're now going to be working the courthouse at night, mm -hmm. and we don't have night court. <laughs> you know, when, you don't even get the luxury of cooking yeah. for a platoon that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Uh, he said he tried in vain to explain that uh, the sign was for his bedridden mother, and uh, not him. And they said, uh, you know, too bad, so sad. Uh, the mayor wants you uh, out. He wants you out. Uh, the Supreme Court has long held that the government cannot generally punish employees for exercising their constitutional right to free speech. And like Alec and I just said, mm -hmm. he
He told him, he goes, it wasn't my free speech. I was, well, I was transporting it. it, it the, the trial court, the lower level, lowest level court, the jury said, you win, here's money. Right. Yeah. I've, the state appealed. Right. The appellate court said, you're absolutely right. You were in your private capacity. There's no government infringement here. You weren't exercising your Second Amendment right. You don't get first, any money. Sorry, first, 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 yeah, first yeah. sorry, we're a Second Amendment show. It's okay. You're going home Arms and shot room the radio. Yeah, yeah, went home and shot the sign. Yeah. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. These are my great target backers. <laughs> they do, actually, after the election. Oh, I love them. I love them. <laughs> we we yeah, got yeah. a swinger. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what, target. Oh, target. Oh, target. What are you talking I about? knew that was coming. Uh, and then it went up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, you know, there's a, there's the individual liberties versus the government intervention here, and we don't care if you were actually acting in your individual capacity, doing whatever you were doing for yourself. The government cannot infringe on your First Amendment, Amendment right. See, and, it has a what the court refers to as a chilling effect right. on the political process by anyone who works in that department, because now they're afraid of what will happen to them. Right. So he picked one, made an example of him. And now no one will ever politic against him. Right. Because he'll crush him. Sure. Except now, 10 years later. He's probably not mayor anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, a... But the officer. But he got a pardon. Yes. That's how they do it in New Jersey. He eventually retired and sued, contending that his First Amendment rights were, First Amendment rights were violated. Jory did give him $105,000 in damage. But like uh, Alex said, uh, judgment was set aside in, the, uh, in a different trial, a higher court trial. Supreme Court said. That when this case was thrown out, the lower courts ruled that since Heffernan was not, in fact, campaigning for the mayor's opponent, he was not exercising any free speech right. And that's what Alex just explained to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, he, you can't be deprived of a right, right. if, if you're, you're not, not acting, exercising right. it. Which seems to make sense, except for the fact that... That's why they fired him. This, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, got, uh, he got the shaft here, you yeah. know? Uh, critical issue here, he said, is the government... This is Ju- Judge Justice Breyer is the government's motive in demoting or firing an employee. It doesn't really matter if the boat, the motive was based on real facts or mistaken belief. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That, that means that the First Amendment right is supreme. Yes. Don't matter. Uh, writing for the Sixth Justice Majority, uh, Judge Justice Breyer said, in a case like Heffernan's, the constitutional harm is to more than the individual because the punishment sends a message to all employees that when demoted or fired, they express a view that the government employer disagree with. This is what Kevin just said. Now, this this chief probably ruled with an iron fist uh, and the mayor for the next 10 years until, you know, Tuesday, as oh, a yeah. matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, that said, Breyer is not permitted by the First Amendment, nor is it permitted by the civil rights law that bars the government from depriving its employees of their constitutional rights. Judge Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito, the court's two most conservative members, dissented. Although they acknowledge that the demotion may have been wrong, they would have upheld it as immune to court challenge. So, and I think the point to make here also is there's eight, there's currently eight members on the, on the jury, on the, uh, on the, on the, on the, the, on the court, on the court, on the court, on the jury, on the Supreme Court. And even if there had been one more, whether it had gone either conservative or, uh, or liberal leaning, it would have made no difference. Wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't have mattered. It would have either been eight to two two or six to three. Yeah. Excuse me, uh, seven to two or six to three. So it wouldn't have mattered. There was just two justices here that said no, and some of the ones that have leaned conservative in the past also sided with this police officer. This was actually argued in January, and Scalia was alive at the time. So I wonder if the decision was was made, but just not published until after his passing. Just yeah, you're right. I was wondering it does that say, myself. It does so say it six right justice majority. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but even so, even if it had been 
six to three instead of six to two. It right. still was know. you know clear majority. This wasn't a this wasn't a squeaker. This wasn't no, it wasn't. This wasn't a four to five. And for the record, a split decision has no legal binding precedent whatsoever. Correct. It's, uh, it goes it goes back down, reverts to the last uh, yep. court's uh, decision. Um, okay, uh, so that's uh, good on Officer Heffernan. Uh, I guess that means he uh, gets his hundred and five thousand dollars back. Nah, uh, he's probably yeah. going to get more than that because he's going to get attorney's fees. Mm-hmm. The, uh, oh, do you? Is the Supreme, Supreme Court, you get attorney's fees for them? You get it for the appeal. Okay, for the appeal. All right. If they filed properly. If, yeah, if yeah, motions. I'm, like, I'm thinking if you win a Supreme Court argument, you probably knew how to file it. Right. Unlike, unlike the Fort Bend County, uh, you know, yeah. they, they what, what, timeline? Limitations? <laughs> Who's, who cares? A little bit what? We're the who government. Cares? Who cares? Well, you know what? They may be arguing, just is to go back, that the clock started... After they got their award? When the last payment they made was made. Right. Whenever that was. And it may have been through an insurance process. It may have taken a couple, three years. Or if there's an installment payment, yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Kiltech Studios. When we get back, we got some top ten interesting facts about Smith & Wesson. We'll see makes, you after the break. Still make some bump monkeys. <laughs> The Keltec PMR30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. 
We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you you don't need something, tell them it's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012. You're listening to Armstrong Radio, live from the Kiltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now, 407-774-8255, 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Caltech Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Hey, before we get uh, we get too deep into uh, Smith and Wesson and ten interesting facts about Smith and Wesson, uh, we got some we got some updates put out. We got some we got some notifications. We, we're we're going to be uh, we're going to be some places. We want you to know a big one, and you've heard it running. You've heard uh, you've heard Alan Gottlieb, Mister Alan Gottlieb, the founder and executive vice president of the uh, Second Amendment Foundation. You've heard his uh, commercial running during the program. Uh, he's going to be here at the Gun Rights Policy Convention in Florida, and it's going to be over in the Tampa area. Well, it's in Tampa. It's in Tampa. You can check it out at uh, SAF, that's Second Amendment Foundation, saf.org. Get on there. It's a couple months off. we still got some time, September 23rd, 24th, and 25th. You'll see us there. Uh, good bet, uh, you know, you get to, you know, go watch Kevin speak on some topic or something like that. I'm sure that'll be going on. And uh, you'll be able to, you know, see uh, see me in the back throwing things out. So we'll, uh, it'll be it'll be going. Hecklin. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I've got a hey, a cotch. I got a Nerf bullet for you, buddy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be launching him from the back. He's got more than a Nerf bullet. Just yeah, but that's all I'm gonna do at the show. Okay. Listen, yeah, it's gonna. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to. You know, mm-hmm. too much right. there. Right, right, There's a right, bunch right. of armed people there. Uh, and then, uh, like we said, in Louisville, uh, this later. The, well, tomorrow would be next month. So later next month, at the NRA convention, and that's. Or I think you said it was NRA. AM.org, and that's yes. National Rifle Association annual meeting. Yes. So if you go to NRA website, I'm sure you can find a way somehow. But if you just go to NRAAM.org, you can see all about what's going on up there in Louisville. And that's a four-dayer. That's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday up there in Louisville. That's great. If you've never been to an NRA show, get your, get yourselves up there. Get, get yourself up there. And Louisville is a great town. Like, great town. I was uh, was up there stationed at Fort Knox for, for a wee bit. So, great facility. Great town. You weren't at the gravel factory. I, no, that, yeah, would I, be, that would be Leavenworth. That would be Leavenworth. Yeah. That's, out in, uh, that's out in Kansas. Yep. That's where they uh, they make uh, big rocks into little rocks. Yeah, they give you a pair of boots and a hammer and say, come back when you wear out the hammer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly right. Uh, Smith & Wesson. Top 10 facts about, top 10 things you didn't know probably about Smith & Wesson. Cool facts. Uh, Smith & Wesson's origins can be traced back to 1850. That's uh, Horace Smith and D.B. Wesson. I was not alive. No, no. That was, it was a couple years, couple years later for you. Uh, they first became acquainted uh, while working as subcontractors uh, for different, couple, different firearms manufacturers. Robbins and Lawrence Company, you know, the big uh, RLCW, you know, or... They oh, yeah, yeah they, they, they don't exist yeah. anymore. Uh, okay. uh, and these guys, uh, you know, while working the line together, said, hey, you know what would be cool? 
this would be cool. We should do something like this. We should we should come up. This is my idea. We should do this, and uh, and they did it, and they did it. And it's uh, uh, it's fact fact number one is they created a firearms company. It was actually you know what it's called their for the first firearms company. Smith and Wesson. Come on, oh. guys. It's about Smith and Wesson. <laughs> I thought it was a trick question. I thought it was a trick question. It's about That's Smith the and trick. Wesson. Uh, 1852, the two men had a prototype of a lever-action repeating pistol. So imagine, you know, just like you see, uh, you know, well, if you if you were around back then, Chuck Connors with the uh, the, the rifleman with the lever-action. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this would be more along the lines of what uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had in the, the, the shotgun when he was riding uh, <laughs> the, the, the Fat Boy motorcycle. Mm-hmm. A lever-action shotgun there. So they... But they put that in a pistol. That was the design for loading the pistol. For the audience at home, Mike's arm is going. Uh-huh. Doing the lever action pistol. Well, it's, uh, you could watch it on the live feed. And for those at home, uh, 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 means we're in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So they did this design, and they, they, they came up with a prototype weapon. And although the design would later be recognized as an invaluable step forward, in firearms, uh, yeah, the firm failed. 1854, they were done. They sold what was left of it to a dude named Oliver Winchester. Hmm. Uh, he was a shirt manufacturer. Uh, the original design by Smith & Wesson reached its full potential in 1866 when it emerged as the basic design for the famous Winchester repeating rifle. So, no, every time you get a lever-action rifle that says Winchester or anybody else's name on it. It was designed by Smith & That was Wesson. old uh, Horace and DB. Yep. They, they took care of that. D.B. Wesson worked for Winchester. This is number two. After their original firm had failed, uh, Wesson agreed to stay on and work as the plant superintendent and help old Oliver Winchester get the plant operating. Uh, After discussing the design with Horace, the two decided to reform. I'm sorry. While in his employment, Wesson designed a small revire, re- revolver. Reviver? What's a reviver? Yeah. Small revolver. Brings you back to life. That fired, yeah, it's, a, it's a defibrillator. It's right. uh, yeah. <laughs> a small revolver that fired a rimfire cartridge that he and Smith would later patent. After discussing the design with Horace, that's, that's Horace Smith, the two decided to reform Smith & Wesson, this time in Springfield, Massachusetts. That was number two. Number three, the, the first revolver that they came up with was a tip-up revolver. If you know a revolver now, the cylinder swings out to the side, mm-hmm. either depending on the, the make and model, either with a, with a uh, pin in the front or with a, a lever push button in the back, uh, which allows it to swing out. The original tip-up revolver, where the rear sight would be, and the, the cover that went over, the strap, the top strap as it's called, that goes over the cylinder, that would lift up over the top, the, the rear sight, and it would, it would, there was a hinge at the front. And that's how you'd pull the cylinder out to either reload the entire cylinder. If it was, say, a cylinder that had the old school black powder, you could just pop mm-hmm. a new one that was preloaded. Or later on, when they, when they developed the uh, self-contained cartridge, you could just pop the cartridges it'd in pull the entire cylinder out, grab another cylinder. If, yeah, right, for, for before they had self-contained cartridges. Uh, speaking of cartridges... More commonly known for their production of firearms, Smith & Wesson also played a leading role in the development of many of today's most popular cartridges, including Kevin's favorite cartridge. <laughs> but the, some of those were the 22 short, 32 Smith & Wesson, 32 Smith & Wesson long, the 32-44, which is even, even longer 32 than Smith & Wesson long, 38 Smith & Wesson, 38-44, the 38 Smith & Wesson special, the 357 Magnum, the 40 Smith & Wesson, the 41 Mag, 44 American, 44 Russian, 44 Smith & Wesson, 
for a 450 Schofield, for, excuse me, 45 Schofield, 460 Smith & Wesson Mag, and the ever-popular 500 Smith & Wesson Magnum. Number five, Humble Beginnings. The first home of Smith & Wesson was a small shop. Just a, it was an itty-bitty little one with four, and it's this little tiny town had four uh, arms manufacturers in it. This was in Springfield, and Smith & Wesson was the smallest. The demand for the company's new revolver and cartridge would soon outgrow their capabilities at their 25-man shop forcing them to relocate to a new factory in 1859. The move was well-timed as the demand for arms would skyrocket two years later when the American Civil War began in earnest. Uh, actually, I believe it began in Virginia. but you know, <laughs> I didn't think it began uh, in earnest. <laughs> uh, wartime production helped to establish Smith & Wesson as one of the leading gun manufacturers in the United States. Number six, the modern-day plant is built like a bunker. Uh, if you've ever been there, they built this plant uh, in late, uh, late 39, early 40s. It's, it's, you know, because it was a target. They believed it to be a target of uh, Nazi Germany, uh, you know, that the German bombers someday could reach it. And it is built behind uh, feet, several feet of poured concrete and reinforced steel supports. And there's also rumors of an identical factory underground. So if anything happened above ground. In China? No, no, not that far. We knew you liked a factory, so we would put a factory in your factory. Exactly. Manufacture. My basement's got a basement. Since since 1970, they have an in-house historian, Roy Jinks. In fact, if you have any Smith & Wesson, whether you bought it yesterday or it's something you inherited from great-granddad from 100 years ago, you can send Roy a picture and the serial number, and he'll tell you exactly where it came from and where it was sold to, and he'll get you every record he can for the modest fee of $50. And that's really worth it if you've got one of them oldies. Uh, number eight, the company has been uh, the forefront of Magnum cartridge development. We told you about uh, the cartridges they developed, but one of them was, again, the 357 Magnum, the 44 Magnum, and the 500 Smith & Wesson Magnum. And these are people basically sitting around going, you know, that's a good cartridge, but it could be more powerful. So oh, they, yeah. they elongated it. Made I'm it waiting gun. for the 88. <laughs> yeah. Big, Miles per hour. Yeah. Big names painted some of the company's earliest advertisements. You might recognize some of these names. A Frederick Remington. Used to paint and do the illustrations for them. And then number 10, the company produces more than firearms. Today, Smith & Wesson offers a variety of specialty services to external customers. Company's expertise in forging, heat treatment, custom tool manufacturing and grinding, as well as plating and finishing, are contracted out by some of the most well-known brands in the United States. And then, of course, like we said, uh, they make ammunition there as well. Uh, or they, they're responsible for ammunition. Ammunition is in a separate it. factory, yes. Uh, these clients include companies in the automobile, aerospace, and appliance industry. So that's some cool facts about Smith & Wesson. Uh, you know, maybe I, some of them I didn't know. I didn't know about the uh, the bunker there. I didn't know, uh, I didn't know they had done that. No. That was that was really pretty pretty cool. And well, you know, if you prep, you're supposed to keep that stuff to yourself. Yeah, exactly. You don't <laughs> want people showing up at the doorstep going, uh, hey, you know, the bombers are circling. Can we get in your bomb shelter? Well, it's been more than 50 years, so it's no longer classified. That's true, but this would have been a a commercial I, secret, not I a government secret. I wish that was the rule, yeah. that after 50 years, it's not classified anymore. Hey, listen, my thanks to Lieutenant Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Ready, for joining the program. Uh, don't forget, we've got the Gun Rights Policy Convention coming up in September 23rd, 24th, 25th. Go to saf.org to see that. And don't forget, 
three weeks, the NRA show, NRAAM.org, NRAAM.org. And then today, again, being the 41st anniversary of the fall of Saigon, many, many thanks and hats off to all of the 2.7 million veterans that served in Vietnam. Uh, there is 800 to, to 850,000 left. Uh, thank you all for your service. And that includes the 9 million that served during that era. And welcome home. And welcome home, sirs. Welcome home, ladies and gentlemen. Please, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you are ready, get ready. And if you're not ready, stay ready. We'll wow. see you next what? week. See if anybody knows. I got it. <laughs> Have a good week.